0: Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary. It's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. It is himself whacking his microphone on a Tuesday morning. Happy Tuesday, everybody. January 16th, I'm pretty sure, 2024. It is the uh, Daily Cruise and Travel in this podcast. I want to take a moment and thank my friend B.J. Odom. That is the voice that opens up this podcast. If you've not had a chance to listen to the BJ and Bill podcast, they're on every week on the same platforms that this director is on, the BJ and Bill podcast. A lot of fun. They are both radio veterans from Southwest Florida, one time the number one morning show. Best friends still get together once a week, and it's like Seinfeld for old farts. It's a lot of fun talking about all the things that go on in your lives, especially as you get older. Check it out, the BJ and Bill podcast. We are at sea aboard Oceana Insignia. This is the second of five sea days on our way to Kona, Hawaii. It is bumpy again. It was bumpy yesterday morning. Then it calmed down and settled down. At one point, it was like a lake, and now it's bumpy again. That happens when you cross the Pacific Ocean. It was a busy Monday for me after the podcast. It was football Monday. What am I supposed to do? I'm I'm a football guy, Uh, so I was hanging out with the goober smoochers. And the 180 people watching, uh, unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, didn't do enough to beat those uh, Buffalo Bills, even with, uh, never mind, I'm not going to go there. And also, I was very shocked, actually, that Tampa Bay, they beat Philadelphia. Philadelphia looked pretty bad. I thought Philadelphia would have showed up. They didn't. That might be a coach whose job was on the line. Here I thought Todd Bowles would be the one out the door uh, for the Buccaneers. He's looking pretty darn good. We'll see what happens with Mike Tomlin. There's a coaching uh, carousel going on right now, and none of which involves the cruise industry, so shut up and move on. This is a day that uh, I should probably applaud it. I should probably reenact it. It was on this day many years ago that the uh, final state ratified the constitutional amendment to ban alcohol sales, prohibition, Thank you, Barbara, for sending this, because although I did have a few pops yesterday during the games, I did not go out last night. I should sound uh, more awake than I am, but I am struggling with the time change. We went back another hour. That means I should be more wide awake, but my sleep pattern is disrupted. And now we're four hours behind, and I'm taping this at 6 o'clock in the morning. So you're not going to hear this until 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And I know there are people that, are going through, that went through withdrawal this morning. So I have to make a program this decision. I think I'm going to have to start recording this podcast the day before, and it will be announced as a podcast for Wednesday, January 17th, and I'll do it the afternoon before I don't have any choice. It, I was up at 3 o'clock this morning, and so I sound a little uh, a little uh, discombobulated. Uh, you should say the way I look. I'm actually in the card room right now with the door closed, and I guess because of the Mahjong people, they don't really have air conditioning They have it in this room, but it's not very cold in this room because, you know, the ladies playing Mahjong, it's very cold in here. So (laughs) it's very warm in here. As I sit and give you what's going on in the cruise and travel industry today, welcome to the podcast. I am the podcaster. You're the podcastee. And that, of course, is the official mascot of this Tuesday morning turnaround. What would you call this? Uh, Train wreck. Tuesday morning train wreck. Uh, A good day Yesterday. And good luck to those teams as they go forward. Headlines, by the way, the uh, email for the podcast is thedrakepodcast at gmail.com. Thedrakepodcast at gmail.com. Let's get up, beat Tommy. Let's keep it up. Prayers for our military, uh, men and women of our military, and also people, in uh, you know, the people of Ukraine, the people of Israel, and the poor people, the Palestinians that have nothing to do with the the mess that Hamas has created, prayers for all of those people, especially, though, for our military, because they're still dealing with what we call here on the podcast the IBWJs. Those are the iranian back whack jobs, the IBWJs. On Sunday, a couple of days ago, uh, the Houthis, the Houthis, no blowfish, and the Yemenites and the Hezbollah, and the other people that hate us, uh, well, they the Houthi rebels fired unsuccessfully on the USS Laboon, It's one of our Navy destroyers. They fired on a U.S. Navy ship, and there are people in this country who think we should not retaliate for that, return the favor. You do not fire on a U.S. naval warship and expect to just, oh, it's okay, you missed. They only missed because of our superiority, and it's about time we show it. So we have fighters patrolling the waters around the Red Sea and all that area, and they saw the missile launch, and they shot it. They shot it down. Now, I don't know anything about the military, but in in the real life, in the movies, as soon as they shot that missile down, they should have kept right on going and wiped out everybody that shot the missile. And you're going to go, Tom, this is not cruise related. It sure as hell is. Everything's come to a halt. Where do you go to buy something about a month and a half and it's four times the cost because they had to drive around around the Red Sea to get there? Or they had to ship it by air? According to the article that i'm reading the fighters have come to play an important role in the red sea air defense mission according to central command the missile that targeted the u.s laboon u.s.s laboon was shot down by an american fighter and the fighter they think is they're not saying because they some secrecy about the u.s.s dwight d eisenhower is there it's stationed there they're pretty sure it's in the gulf of aden and they're pretty sure that's uh, where one of the fighters came from and thankfully what if it hits our u.s.s navy destroy what do we then uh-oh, that all hell breaks those though. Even the Libs will be like, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that, you can't do that. No, they'll probably be going, let's have a mediation. Those poor people, you know, I don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, the Counter-Strike, uh, uh, according to the Houthi spokesman, Mohammed uh, Absoluta, blah, 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 I'm sorry, their names are not pronounceable. If you want to be in the media business uh, Mr. Muhammad, just change it so we can pronounce it. And don't tell me that I'm... I don't have to do anything. It's my podcast. Anyway, he said that the, our counter-strike amounted to a blatant violation of national sovereignty. Are you serious? I uh, don't you know. What, this is stupid. I can't, you know. Mr. Blinken will take care of it. He thought we were violating their sovereignty by returning the favor when they fire on a U.S. Navy destroyer. These people are nuts. Wash your hands and wash them off and uh, I don't have any rep- any report. They had the uh, outbreak of norovirus on the U.S. Uh, the U.S.S. Constellation, sure, on Celebrity Constellation. But watch your hands. Watch your bottle too. That's the latest thing. You can get bacteria in your bottle if you don't pay attention because we're all carrying around the recycle. Well, I was just in California. Now everybody has recycled, bottle, you know uh, they don't have plastic bottles. You know that's what I meant to say. They have a reusable bottle, and uh, if you don't wash your bottle every day and wash it well. You know, you're gonna have a problem with your bottle. So there you go. It is a very quiet Tuesday when it comes to birthdays because of a technical glitch. You know, anybody that's reached the age of 70 has the occasional technical glitch. And that's the new other internet program here. You know, we have a complimentary internet program doesn't allow you to stream or download, and then we have one you pay 9.95 for. Can't be ten dollars. 9.95. And uh, we had a technical glitch. Uh, basically. Uh, My wife signed up for the internet and didn't buy the right one. Did I just put that over the air? Anyway, so I have to get it corrected. My heart goes out to our internet manager. My heart goes out to my internet manager. I went up four times yesterday, and they were lined up out the door to talk to the internet manager. I love our guests. It's not rocket science, children. You just need to log on. The instructions are right there. You put in your name and your birthday and your email address and the manifest recognizes you, and you're on the Internet. But they were lined up. Oh, they had to be like 25 deep every time I went up. This guy's the most patient person in the world. Wouldn't want that job. Happy birthday. Uh, Back-to-back Ronnie's. It's also Ronnie Millsap's birthday today. Jim Stafford, Richard Elliott, the great sax player. Ethel Merman, that was the person I wanted to download the music by Ethel Merman. There's no business like show business at uh, 6.06 in the morning. And uh, the very famous and very rich Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's the guy that taught us about Alexander Hamilton. We didn't know about Hamilton. We know now as long as we we rap about it. So happy birthday. And if it's your birthday, happy birthday. All right. The first headline. That's not the headline as we know it. We're into the meat of the matter. Does that make any sense? That doesn't matter. Uh, Are you nuts? Are you nuts? Work for us. Now, this is probably a poorly written headline, really. Our friends at the Federal Aviation Administration, otherwise known as the FAA, are actively recruiting workers who suffer severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and other mental and physical conditions under diversity and inclusion hiring initiative spelled out on the agency website. Stop right now. You're starting to condemn me. I'm just telling you what they're doing and I'm telling you why they're doing it, and then I'm questioning why they are doing it. I completely embrace the idea of people with special needs being employed and having a life and a fruitful life I only wonder if the federal administration hey, the hey uh, is the correct place with someone with severe psychiatric problems. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Hell, they're already working there. I think they're running it right now. Anybody that wants to be, what's his name, Mike Whitaker? Anybody that wants to be the head of, uh, right now must have, se- now you're going to say, the Libs are going, wait a minute, is he making fun of people with severe psychiatric problems? Hell no, I have one. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm in a card room where they play mahjong talking to myself. Is that not severe? Anyway, according to the FAA website, targeted disabilities are those disabilities that the federal government, as a matter of policy, has identified for special emphasis in recruitment and hiring. That includes people with hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. All of those people, God bless them. Enjoy life. <clears throat> but not with the FAA. That's all I'm saying. Is that wrong? Come on. At some point, common sense has to join into the conversation. No. I want, Maybe, the, look. <clears throat> the FAA, the, the, which is overseen by Secretary Pete Buttachek, but, 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 but the DOT, is a government agent, agency. Char- oh, this explains... So overall, this article has severe problems. It explains what the FAA does or doesn't do. Uh, they're charged with regulating civilian aviation, and they employ 45,000 people. And according to the article, all eyes have been on the ha uh, in recent days. You think? Do you think right now? Somebody found this on the website and made a story out of it. I thank you for that. And someone sent it to me. I thank you for that. Uh, and I would have remembered who sent it to me, but I personally have severe psychiatric problems ask any of the wives but i just think we have to take a moment and say to ourselves you know, right now the, the uh, has some serious situations happening with boeing and the lack of air traffic controllers and the lack of training of the new air traffic controllers you know i've talked this in the past there is a, there is a training program <clears throat> most of the aircraft air traffic controllers go to college for this and once they're hired, they're put into the ah, training program so they can learn, this is how we do it, baby. And guess what? Because they don't have enough people, they're, you're skipping that. They're skipping that process. You don't have to learn how we do it. Just go do it and see what happens. These are airplanes. These are, these are congested airports around the United States. These are foreign carriers coming in with people that can barely speak English themselves. And now we, oh, please. I shouldn't have opened with this. I should have went with the dirty underwear bit first. I should have went with the dirty drawers bit. My friend Barbara, I love you, Barbara. She sends me all these ones. I look at it and go, I don't know. I already have enough people not listening. Should I go down this road? It seems that TSA every year, in LaGuardia anyway, uh, put out their top 10 best catches list. I don't know what number one was. But number one, uh, number two was a lady in LaGuardia with a corner with a dirty diaper. Now, that shouldn't be in violation of any of the rules. However, the dirty diaper was loaded with marijuana nuggets. And this rocket scientist figured, you know what? If I wear a dirty diaper, uh, maybe they won't want to inspect it, you know? And and she's right. LaGuardia? Yeah, get that out of here. Well, I I guess if you go through the metal detector, they catch any kind of things. Maybe she went through that, you know, thing where they can see all of you. Anyway, they pulled her aside, and she was traveling with her mom, she was attempting to hide it by putting it into a diaper, a Depends. She was wearing, like, a Depends. And, I, you know, she would have played up the fact that, you know, I'm incontinent and how rude of you to pull me aside and everything else. But they did anyway, and uh, they found all the marijuana nuggets. And here's the best part about it. They, didn't, they let her go. They told her to toss the pot in the pot. <laughs> it's the only reason I'm doing this article, Barbara. Toss, hey, honey, toss the pot in the pot and you can go. I don't know if it's illegal. It's probably not even on the list. I don't know. Could you, marijuana, I don't know. Marijuana is legal in New York now. So if you want to put the marijuana in your underwear, that's your business. So I guess they decided maybe they couldn't charge it with anything. And maybe, they, you know, the police came and said, I don't know. The whole thing seems smelly. Oh, no. Why would you do that? Anyway. Oh, no. The number one, The number one best catch for 2023 by the TSA was a bag of meth crystal meth found inside a jar of crab boil seasoning powder. Also, uh, some Naruto th- throwing knives stowed in the carry-on. Knives, no big deal. But somebody stuffed their crystal meth inside a jar of crab boil seasoning powder. Powder, I should say. I sound like I had either the powder or the meth. That was the number one catch. None of it, by the way, related to uh, terrorism. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I mean... Let's be honest. A a diaper full of pot isn't exactly a a threat to aviation. I I don't know. Maybe it could. Maybe it could explode. I don't know. With the right ingredients. None of my business. How about some Boeing music? It's not a Boeing story. That's nice, isn't it? It reminds me of the, the guy that would sell these albums on Channel 9 in New York. Not a Boeing story, but it is. Delta has become the first u.s airline to order the largest variant of the Airbus a350. This is a brand new plane from uh, from Airbus it's a it's really a, a state of the art. All the doors stay on. <laughs> the windows don't crack yeah the the rudder bolts are tightened. It really is state of the art. the carrier announced Friday has ordered 20 Airbus a350 one 1000s with options for 20 more. Deliveries of the Twin aisle Wide Body jets are slated to begin in 2026. According to Ed Bastion, he's the CEO of Delta. Ed Bastion, these planes complement our fleet strategy and will offer a world-class customer experience for international travelers. This is why I stop and remind Eddie. Eddie, world class is not just the plane, my friend. Okay, it's not just that wonderful new seat. And the place smells so fresh with the leather. It has to do with the person that takes your ticket and the person that serves you your drink. All of that is part of the world-class experience. And as we all know, with the exception of my sister-in-law, Marianne, they need a lot of work at Delta. Very often, very seldom do I ever have anybody that I can go, wow, thank you for the treatment, wonderful. But they got these new ones. They have the A350-900. They are beautiful. Uh, these Airbuses are tremendous. And when is the last time you had uh, heard a story about an Airbus problem? Been a long, long time. Well, you know, those two Chilean pilots flew in the side of a mountain because they forgot you could fly it. They thought the computer would fix it. They didn't know They were having a sandwich, one or the other. Uh, the new A three fifty nine hundred. No, okay, the new A well, the one they have now, A three fifty nine hundred, has three hundred and six seats or three hundred and thirty nine seats. The A three fifty one thousand is built to go oh, somewhere between three hundred and fifty and four hundred and ten people. Oh, that's the one with the twin jetway. Oh, that's a lot of people. Those are big planes, though, but they're twin engine. Isn't it amazing? That size with just with two engines. Uh, Delta said it will configure the planes with three cabins offering Delta 1 and then their premium economy uh, cabin and a combination of Comfort Plus and standard economy seats in the main cabin. So uh, I believe that would actually be four uh configurations i'm not the smartest guy in this room but i'm the only guy in the room but if delta one is one premium economy which they call um uh, something else uh, premium plus they have another name for it uh and then comfort plus and standard economy see i think what's going to happen is that's the crock the comfort plus and the standard economy are almost the same thing and they'll move them around if they need to but i could be wrong Uh, the planes will have 15% more premium seats. I've had this conversation with myself in a room alone many times. They're doing that more and more. We will pay anything to get out of economy in the back. Anything. I am struggling with it right now. Premium economy, premium economy to Barcelona one way, just shy of $2,000 one way. It is $4,000 round trip to fly to Europe in a seat that used to be the regular seat six years ago. It really is. It's sickening what they're doing. But um, So I'm looking at this new airline. I've told you, North Atlantic. I've told this story in the past. I used to fly Norwegian Air. They flew 787 Dreamliners, a Norwegian-based company, and they had a premium-plus seat. It was a domestic first-class seat uh domestic first class now on some of these new on united American they're not very good at all they're not very wide not very comfortable and that's first class well those older ones they had nothing to do with them they put them on ebay i guess and they put them in norwegian air in the front and it was nice two seats side by side with the wife wide it had some pitch um food service and reasonably priced well they didn't uh, after the pandemic they stopped flying transatlantic and three norwegians had a few bucks in their pocket And they started North Atlantic, and it's the same concept. They're flying these 787 Dreamliners, very reasonably priced, economy dirt cheap, but, man, uncomfortable back there. But their premium cabin, nonstop Orlando to uh, London Gatwick, about $825 one way, nonstop to Gatwick. Now once I get to Gatwick it becomes a problem because you can't fly to most of Europe out of Gatwick. You have to fly out of Heathrow. So once we get to Gatwick, I then have to get a car to take us to Heathrow and then I'll fly uh, uh, first class or business class BA uh, to our destination of Barcelona. And the whole thing with the car will cost about $1,000 a person. And I'm flying premium front of the plane much better than uh, premium plus on BA or anybody else. And I'm flying business class and I'm saving about eight hundred dollars a person. A little bit of a hassle, uh, you know, check, getting your bags and rechecking another airport. But I'm trying to. I don't want. You want to pay two thousand dollars one way for for the seat you used to get six years ago? Anyway, by the way, Delta's profit tripled. Uh, will 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 profit more than tripled in 2023? <laughs> yeah, there's no direct correlation to the their prices. Aha, uh-huh. Delta one anywhere. Please, you need equity line to fly Delta-1. I don't know who's buying them. And they have a rule now. They won't upgrade you into Delta-1. You got to pay for it. Nobody gets upgraded into Delta-1 on Delta. You pay for it. So it it goes empty. Just, people are going nuts. Even the rich, rich people, I'm not going to pay $7,000 one way. For what, a lay flat seat for 10 hours? You got to screw loose. Best of luck to MSC. That's the headline. By the way, these aren't the headline headlines like the old days. That's the streamlined version. Best of luck to MSC. In 2024, they're building up their North American market, and they're returning to China. Don't even get me started with China. I don't understand it. Look, we have no choice. We have to buy their knickknacks, patty paddy give the dog a bone from China. The whole thing can't come to a stop. Uh, there's yin and there's yang. But let's be honest. The Chinese government hates America. They hate the West. Their goal is to destroy the West. That is their goal. Not the people of China, they're lovely. Um, but the people that run it, but yet we're the cruise industry is in business, with the Chinese government in so many different ways. I'm not going there. It's not my job. Uh, I'm not a political analyst. I'm not even an analyst. I'm just a guru. But MSC now, uh, I've talked about it many times, they're coming in into the North American market, and uh, they're investing in the North American market. No, they're putting a lot... They're not investing in... Well, they are. Actually, they are. They're building a terminal in Miami. They're investing in Miami jobs and all that stuff. And they're building a terminal in Galveston, so they're investing in Galveston. So they are coming here. But they spend a lot of time talking about how much they're doing, but nothing about what they sh- should be talking about, which is their food and the service. Uh, you know, coming into the North American market, according to Johnny Honorado or we say it, Johnny Honorado, huh? he said, uh, we are... we. Uh, where is it i lost it i lost it because i was trying oh um he said we're investing in north america and he said we want we want our piece of the cake in north america we want that piece of the cake huh no cannoli huh no piece of the cake look but it's not a piece of cake Busting in the North American market is not a piece of cake. I mean, Cruise Line's been trying to figure it out for years. And they think, well, you know what? We'll just drop the prices. If it's cheap, they're going to try it. And I've said this too many times. I'm sure you're bored right now. It's not good for the cruise industry when you give it away. It's not good. There has to be value. This company that I'm with, Oceana, has been very successful for a long time. And they're not bashful. People pay more here. They pay more. They're happy to pay it. They're happy to pay it for two reasons. One, there's value, and the people that are with them have value. <laughs> uh, I know it's terrible to say it that way, but believe me, it's part of the reason people come back uh, every year. It's the people they're going to be traveling with that they don't even know that they meet at Martini's. But anyway, they're coming in in a big way. Uh, you know, the Mero is uh, year-round in New York City. They have another ship that's doing short cruises. And they have uh, the new builds that are going to be coming into uh, the United States. And all of that is good. But then they continue to talk about sustainability. We are confident with our new technology we can be a more sustainable company and meet the targets we have set for 2030 and 2050. Hey, Johnny, I got uh, one word for you. hurts. Hertz. Ask Hertz about sustainability. 20,000 electric vehicles, nobody wants them because there's no place to plug them in. Now, in the cruise industry, food service itinerary, food service itinerary. Johnny also goes on to say, I should say Mr. Aronorato because he could buy and sell me 10 times over. He said, we're not concerned about the general economy. The cruise industry is more resilient during tough times. There is value for money and we can take advantage of it uh, even if there's economical distress. Um, I don't know. He said also the the company's crew turnover rate has normalized. I don't know anything about the crew over there. I know there aren't enough crew. That's intentional. You know Their crew-to-guest ratio is almost close to four. That means there's four guests for every crew member. That means you're taking care of yourself a lot, or you're waiting for somebody to take care of you a lot. But that's what you signed up for. Here, it's one and a half guests to one crew member. Uh, I don't know if that's the short guest. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, on luxury lines, I've said it many times, it's one-to-one, so it's different. Magic at Sea. This is an interesting story, and I thought I'd throw it in here. Uh, I'm a fan of Princess Cruises. You know that. I'm a fan of John Paget. You know that. He's the boss over Princess. He's the technical, you know, he's a technical wizard guy. Came up with the medallion on Princess In fact, where were we? We were in Port of Vallarta. And somebody ratted me out that I was the ship's comedian. And a lady came over with a, I could see her. She was wearing a princess medallion. And the Discovery Princess was in in port with us. And she came over and said, I understand you're the comedian on that Oceania ship. I said, yeah. She goes, why did you come on our ship? Our comedian sucks. I'm like, okay, whatever. I said, what was his name? She goes, I don't remember. They never know the name. But anyway, we got talking about all the, All the bells and whistles on the new Discovery Princess. They have that uh, all kinds of things going on over there. Uh, And on the new Sun Princess, they are putting in a replica of the Magic Castle from from Hollywood. If you're not familiar with the Magic Castle, I was fortunate enough to go there twice. And it's an amazing operation. I'm not a fan of magic, but I'm a fan of uh, class and elegance. And, man, the Magic Castle is all that and then some. I mean, really... Really pretty darn amazing. Um, And uh, how did I get to get there the second time? The first time I was a guest of John Ferenczi. You have to be a guest of somebody, of a member or of an entertainer that is is there, you know. And the the Magic Castle is an amazing experience because there is a very severe dress code. You must be dressed to the nines. And the bouncers will look at you. And if they don't like the way you're dressed, you're out. And then you go through a secret door and you enter the castle. And it's all cute stuff. And I learned when I was there having dinner, which, by the way, they're not bashful either. Very expensive. um, That Cary Grant was the first member of the Magic Castle and was also a magician who would go around and do card tricks at the tables. And people would say, you know, you look like that actor. And he would say, I know, I hear that all the time. And it was that actor. Hollywood back in the day. This is Hollywood today. it's They've maintained it. Anyway, Princess made a deal with the Magic Castle because it's actually that's a long story there. Uh, they're going to have a Magic Castle on board the new Sun Princess. Uh, it's part of the ship. You go through a secret door. And it's a small version of the Magic Castle. And I think it's uh, uh, pretty cool. As one uh, person who works for Princess said the Magic Castle is an iconic institution. There are many people that have been in Hollywood their whole life and never had a chance to go there. So if you are sailing on the new Sun Princess when it comes out, I would recommend that you go. I'm not a fan of magic. People hate when I say that, but it's just my thing. Um, it's an acquired skill, and you have to be really, really, really dedicated. And I have zero dedication. But Greg Morland was just on with us, uh, first part of, the, of this cruise, or the end of last cruise. He, he gave several magic classes. He was packed. These people, they want to learn something for their grandkids, you know, or whatever reason. Shows were wonderful, too. So if you're on The Sun Princess when it comes out, you should check it out. You should check out the magic castle on board The Sun Princess. Uh, No TikTok China. Can you hear me? I don't know what this story is. I put it in the podcast, but I don't remember. Ah, okay. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Has imposed a one-year moratorium on Chinese research vessels from docking in their country ports. This country ports because a U.S. think tank has released a report that all of the Chinese research vessels are actually listing posts for the Chinese government. They're they're there to steal information and intercept transmissions all over the world. Uh, There's 64 active research and survey vessels all over the globe, and they're, they're masquerading as research vessels, but the reality is they're listing posts for the Chinese government. And I put TikTok because I did make the decision not to go on TikTok. I mentioned it last week. I wasn't sure everybody's on TikTok. But I did a lot of research, drilled down. The reality is it tracks back to the Chinese government, and they are mining data from TikTok. So when you put in your information and in your life and everything else, they're keeping it. They're Big Brother. Had this conversation. I've had this an email from somebody that lived in China, and they're well aware in China that they listen to everything that you do. That's where the censorship starts. Uh, according to the think tank, uh, they were able to validate their assertions that China is using research vessels to advance military strategies through the activities of three vessels. They watched everything they did. Which we can do because we're big brother too. And I listen, we might have 100 research vessels. I don't know. But for sure, the Chinese do. They listen in. I lost my mind when the Chinese, a company fronting for the Chinese government, bought the Waldorf Astoria. It's in the center of Manhattan, being outfitted with every listing device known to man. And yeah, they own it. It's going to become condos with, you know, the condos in the shape of uh, a giant headphones, I think. Uh, the world is absolutely crazy. All right. wonder what time it is. you wonder what time it is? Are you still with me? I know. I feel like there's a... Oh, we're at 31 minutes. Oh. Oh, 31 minutes. Ah, let's go over. Let's go along. Let's go along. Maybe if you're still there, you got the bonus. The more, the safer. The more, the safer. That's the headline. What am I talking about? I've been saying this for a few days now. Sooner or later, the people that control the checkbooks will get involved in the red sea mess they'll get involved it won't do with the loss of human life it won't do with the human rights it's going to do with money and the german government has announced that it will join a naval mission to protect shipping in the red sea after much prodding from domestic business interests you know who that is maersk german shipping companies german shipping companies are saying to these politicians hey i'm nuts Ah, I give you money. You use my chateau. You fly my planes. Do something. So now they're going to send, I don't know, they're sending like three frigates and some other stuff there. According to one of the uh, uh, committee chair, she's the Bundestag Defense Committee chair, Maria Agnes Stra. This woman has two hyphens in her name. Oh, no, I couldn't be married. I have one. My wife has two. She has one hyphen in her name. This woman has two hyphen. They call her two hyphen Simmerman. Maria Agnes Strach zimmerman Seriously? Maria. Maria. Just one hyphen. Anyway. She said the mission would involve EU member states frigates providing defensive cover for merchant shipping. This is an attack on our free economy, and it must be countered. I'm glad you're there, baby. Double hyphen Zimmerman has entered into the whole podcast. (laughs) That was worth the wait. Double hyphen Zimmerman. How many times are you going to hear that in your lifetime? Imagine marrying a woman. Is that is she have so many last names because she's been married more than once? Shocking. I do wish we could chat longer. Yeah, get him the hell out of here, will you, please? There's no reason to continue with that story. It's just regurgitating what I've been saying. We need to fix it. And now that the people with money are involved and people with double hyphens... Double hyphen Zimmerman has pro, proclaimed Germany will get involved! They're sending on three ships. Whatever. And they're going to just trail... German ships. You know they're not going to be there watching American interest. Ah, get your own frigate. Why don't you get the frigate out of here? Well, we got through this one. And I've dragged it out because it is 6.32 in the morning, my time, which means it's Eastern Standard Time. 10.32. People are just they're chewing on their fingernails right now. Where is it? Where is he? Actually, I talk to people. What do they do? They download this. They don't listen to it until the end of the day at happy hour cocktail hour pretty good idea when you think about it. this is much better with a martini or tequila maybe even heroin so maybe I reconsider the whole thing it doesn't matter when I put it out it does a little either that if I put it out at noon every day wait a day to listen to it in other words the noon podcast on Wednesday don't listen to it until 8 o'clock on Thursday would that work? if you did that you would have a Saturday podcast Am I making any sense? No, I never have. I'm well over one year putting this podcast together. And the progress we made is... uh, (laughs) There's no words to describe the progress we made. All right. Tomorrow's hump day. I'm pretty sure I'm going to record it later on today for tomorrow. I'll hump it on Tuesday afternoon or something like that. You have a wonderful day. Thanks for the likes, the stories, the shares. The support, the emails means a lot. The Drake Podcast at gmail.com. Hey, Duck, say something. Yep. We're out of here.